You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hey, what's up, sisters? It's Mads. Oh, changing it up. Hey, guys, it's Scout, and we are the sisters behind OKSIS Podcast. Sisters IRL, if you uh, hadn't uh, caught on yet. Yeah, we had a little photo shoot yesterday for the podcast. Very cute pictures coming soon. And our photographer said, so how did you meet? And I said, well, we're sisters. But the real way we met was my mother came to me and said, there's something in my stomach. And I said, oh, fuck. And then Maddie was born. As a three-year-old, you said, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, our parents were cussing left and right. I knew the word shit before I knew the word gratitude, if we're being honest. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Yes. We had a photo shoot. Um, I have so much more respect for models. Maddie literally said, don't wake me up this morning. Modeling is so hard. I have to sleep forever. I said, Maddie, we literally had a 45-minute photo shoot. I was wiped out. I mean, we're going to get into the topic of this episode, but... Talk about having to tap into your self-love when you are modeling. It is a very humbling experience. You have to like really be feeling yourself. You have to own your looks. You have to be looking sexy. You have to be, you know, feeling yourself. And I I think that takes a lot of mental strength. No, it totally does. There's You definitely have to show up with a certain confidence when someone right. takes your photo. And also, you know, I think we're so used to taking photos on our iPhone where we can look immediately and take right. as many as we want. But when you, you have, have to a, trust that yeah. this photographer 
knows your angles. Also, not only that, you have to trust that you don't need to be that fucking picky. Like that you sure. look good. And even though you think you look whatever sort of way, when other people see it, they, they see They're not going to nitpick it, yeah, as you would because you, you're usually so, so much harder on yourself. You know, I wonder, I always think about this because in today's age, we're obviously used to taking hundreds and hundreds of photos of ourselves constantly that we are so aware of the makeup of our bodies and our faces what was it like growing up when there was no phone that you couldn't take a million pictures of you just probably you probably thought you looked good all the time well you there were mirrors still no but you know photographs can really get you at a good angle or a bad angle uh, oh <laughs> i know <laughs> You know what is the worst angle is when you're at a restaurant and you're like in a booth like setting, let's say, and then the photographer is taking the photo of both of the sides of the booth and you're the one at the front of the booth on either side. There is just you're you're done. Like it's just there's no going back. There's no way that you can look good from that angle. I have so many photos of me like just like like. Like, it just accentuates your arms. You're like, have a double chin. It is, it's just the worst. Yeah. Um, I'm just imagining your big head compared to everybody oh, ha- else. Oh, and, and something happens where I am, whenever I'm in a restaurant and dad wants the waiter to take a photo, I am conveniently always at the end in that one position. Okay, so I think our entire family can totally relate to the situation that when Maddie asks if we could take a picture of her, Oh we take a million, right? And then we show it to her. And I'm going to try to do an impression oh without no. laughing. She literally goes, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is when, why we can't do in-person recordings because we just end up laughing the whole time. I know. On Zoom, you can't laugh together. Also, I just can't feel your energy. And, and it's just I just see your face and I play with my hair constantly because I don't know what else to do on that Zoom. Is so true. So anyways, we're together. Um, obviously, Mads spent the weekend with me at my new house, which was amazing to host her. Have, she had her own room. It's so bizarre. Like this is what adults feel like. Like when you go to an adult's home and stay at their home. You know what I mean? Like, I, when I come to San Diego, I stay at Dad's, and it's like, that's an adult home. And now I get to, like, stay at your house. I know. It's really wild, especially because this year I have felt that I've completely stepped into the adulthood of my life. I think that sure. even, you know, I, I turned 29, and I think there's a big difference that happens between, like, the ages of 26 to 29, where you actually become an adult. But it took me... I became an adult, but then it took my mind some time to catch up with that reality mm-hmm. and actually come to terms and really feel that identity that I am no longer a kid. There's no there's no part of me that's a kid anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I'm kind of tiptoeing my way into the adulthood, um, but I very I still very much feel like my my mindset is still in the I'm a child. Hmm. You know, like I do big girl things, but then I'm just like, I'm, I'm a crazy kid. Yeah. No, I've, I've exited that. I'm like on my own in the world floating with my husband and it's a good time. I actually really like it. I was afraid of this stage, but it's a good time. I know you texted me being like, are you watching the debate? And I said, yeah. And she, and you were like, Trump isn't interrupting. I was like, yeah, because they mute the mics and and you were like, what and I and I said what do you know what do you know and then you said that you don't know anything and that you live in a world with just Lola and Luna 
yeah i don't like outside energy penetrating my aura and i don't like <laughs> things that don't serve me i don't need them in my life so Okay. I don't need to know that they muted the mics because, I mean, it's a very smart move on their behalf. <laughs> it's a, but a tremendous it's move. It's just like, do I, uh, did you need, I need that, that? Yeah, you don't need that extra information. You can you can find it out as you go on. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. You, you, we're, trying to, we're trying to limit the amount of, like, excess information. Let's just, like, get what we really need, the priority straight. the fat out. You yeah. know, it's too much. Trimming the fat. There's too much in your brain. So it's, much. It's enough. My brain does not be quiet. Oh, um, my... My team always says that I forget things because I literally pick and choose and select what stays Selective in there. Selective memory. Yeah, what stays in there and what doesn't. Because if everything stayed in there, it would be a chaotic, bouncy house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, that's, how, that's where I'm at. Chaotic, bouncy house. You know, actually this week, so I've been really good at calming my mind and feeling really centered and grounded and in my feminine, etc. And then last week, I don't know what it was, but I couldn't get my, I couldn't settle my thoughts. I was meditating constantly. The thoughts wouldn't stop. I felt really chaotic and frenzy, like frenzy. I was in a frenzy all the time. And I, and I don't know why. I mean, maybe it has something to do um, with my cycle or I'm not sure, but I just felt as if it's so interesting how you can go from one week of being so grounded and purposeful and intentional and calm and grateful and all of the things to being completely out of whack the next day. I feel that that's like a day-to-day basis for me or actually hour by hour. Mm. I just, I can't get to a place where it's just the norm. Like it's my, my, I wake up and I'm like, what kind of day is it going to be? And well, a lot you, of it is out of my control. I feel like, well, I, if we're being honest and we're venturing into this topic, you get very triggered very easily. So yeah, every little problem. thing like gets you off your balance so easily. To and the it's point, like, it, and to the abyss, like you're, it can't go back. I, and it's to a point where like, I'm just like, I have to be, I have to say to myself, okay, Maddie's upset about that one thing and she'll get over it eventually. But I have to continue on in my land because and I don't think you know this, but you you have an inability when something gets thrown at you to like bounce it back off you. You you go crazy. And that's the worst quality about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I mean, I'm bringing this to your attention because no, maybe you I, can work on I it. Am hi- I am hyper aware of this flaw of mine. And the funny thing is, is that I always thought I was like resilient and was able to recover quickly from setbacks. It's one of my the strengths that I say in my job interviews, but I guess I'm lying. I don't know. I just, I agree with you though, is that I, I'm really, really sensitive. Mm-hmm. So some, I just want everything to be in order, in balance. And then if something yeah, triggers me to become off balance, it is really hard for me to just shake it off and be like, okay, let's actually just move on to the next thing. I dwell and, I dwell on it. But you're using all of that energy towards something that's so... It's it's little things that aren't important. It's yeah. not the big things that completely tip you off. It's just little things that can be totally just let the fuck go. Like, why would you ruin an hour of your life over that? You know? Yeah. It's so... When you think about it, it's so pointless. Yeah. I mean, this is going to get into the topic that we're discussing of self-love, but it's about acceptance, you know? Mm-hmm. I struggle really really deeply with accepting myself wholeheartedly and holistically. I accept the good parts about myself and I'm really great at gratitude and I'm really great at, you know, identifying those things. But the flaws and the struggles, it's like I can't really accept them. I know that they're there and it's like something that needs to always be worked on, 
but I can't accept them. Yeah, it's interesting because when people ask me what my flaws and strengths are, I don't really see them as a spectrum of, for example, my flaws live on this side and my strengths live on on this side as complete polar opposites on like oh a, see I do see I, I I couldn't even tell you what my strengths and flaws are because I just believe They're it's all jumbled all, it's yeah. all jumbled yeah mm, that actually is probably a more um peaceful way to live because you're not labeling things as positive or negative with the connotations it's like oh what comes up comes up and that's that and that and let's move on whereas with me I'm like oh yay like my positive traits really like shine today shown Mm. today so therefore this was a good day so they talk about integrating your shadow so it sounds like you can really identify your shadow which is really great I have a harder time identifying my shadow as putting a label on it necessarily Mm. so that I can feel it tangibly see it you know and play with it but what I'm really good at is integrating my shadow and my light oh yeah no no no, they're completely separate from me. They don't like to touch each other, and I don't let them touch each other, which is not That's why healthy. you go rare sometimes. I go rare. You, like, just jump out. Okay, before we get too philosophical, deep, intuitive, lovingly, and all the good things, let's um, hop into some current fixations. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. 
Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Let's do it. Should I go first? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, go. <laughs> We're just, like, throwing everything off balance We today. really are. We really are. Um, I have a very unconventional current fixation, and I'm really excited I'm nervous, as always. So I was thinking, you know, we have to come up with current fixations all the fucking time because this is our show and uh, we're currently fixated on plenty of things. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, so like what now? Like I have no TV show. I'm not really reading a book right now that I love. Like I, what am I supposed to say? And what am I, what are, what's consuming all my thoughts these days? And you know what it is? Okay, sis. Uh, is my current fixation. I think we're in this like dwelling or what's the incubate no what's the yeah, like incubation incubation like we're like a little butter we're like a little cocoon and it's like we're we're in this place where we are really focusing on okay <laughs> i just gave her a look <laughs> this is why we filmed this today we should we put this up on youtube oh god give no. me a fucking another no, 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 fucking we're platform we're, to no, deal no, with. okay too many too many um no but we are we're in this place we're okay, watering sis, it we're watering it we're we're nourishing it we're letting it expand we're in this like comeuppance of it and i feel like a lot of intention and um organization has been placed around okasis lately and we've been putting a lot more serious effort and thought into it and especially our long-term goals and projects lots of fun projects that we're thinking of yeah so I think that has been my current fixation because it feels like it's a project that we have been taking a lot more seriously and it's been on the forefront of my mind these days it truly has because you text me constantly about it this week um and I always you know what I you know what I also I've uh, noticed about myself hmm. I'm an ideas person Hmm. I have a lot of motherfucking ideas yeah and I do execute on a lot of them but I have a lot of ideas and I just kind of throw them and at, at everyone me. at me yes and most people are like let's prioritize I'm like I don't want to prioritize because I want to do it all but then that just I've told you a recipe that. for disaster if you had an unlimited budget for OKSIS the amount of things that would be happening would be out of control oh my god we'd have gra- I have to tell you to calm down I'm like where the who the fuck is paying for this yeah yeah. yeah, I um like if I had copious amounts of money, I would just like you'd hire. Be a, you'd be a danger. If I had copious amount of amounts of money, I think I would contribute creatively to the world. 
and there would be a net positive. Would you treat your sister to an all-inclusive vacation? Yes, of course. Okay. We would go to the Ojai Valley and in spa where it all began. I was thinking more of um, like the, the Bahamas. Okay. Well, I don't want to go there. You don't want to go in one of those bungalows that are on the water? No, that's Bora Bora. Oh, we're going to go to Bora Bora. <laughs> and go where Kim Kardashian lost her earring? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so my current fixation um, is actually I've been doing this for a really long time and I've been wanting to talk about it on the podcast, but I've been using a tongue scraper every morning and every night. And so what's so amazing about it is there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of actual uh, natural homeopathic remedies that where you look at your tongue and you can tell um, sort of the status of your body. Um, my energy healer says that I harbor a lot of heat within me. You probably do too. That's why we're always overheating and sweating. Like, do you do spicy oh, food? Yeah, I like spicy food. Oh, okay. So, like, spicy food's bad for someone like me because I harbor so much heat and intensity in my body. Oh, I don't know if it's, like, good or bad for me, but I like it. Yeah. So, the tongue scraper, I do it specifically. Like, I do it at night, which is great, whatever, like, get the bacteria off from the day. But where I think it's super important is in the morning. So, when you sleep, all the bacteria comes onto your tongue and sits in your tongue. So, when you take a sip of water in the morning, all that bacteria that was exiting your body to be omitted is going back into your body when you drink water. So, the first thing I do in the morning after I go to the bathroom is I take I scrape my tongue three to four times and you see the white bacteria coming off of your tongue have you ever taken a sip of water and you see like the little white stuff on the top Ew. yeah that's what you can get away with a tongue scraper so I it, it's I almost have to do it every morning now like if, if Adam brings me my coffee in bed sometimes I'll drink it without scraping my tongue but I just think about all the bacteria sitting on my tongue that's about to be re-ingested into my body okay science Thanks. Look how like scientific you are. I know. Wow. You know, Adam he, didn't even teach me this. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know who you sound like? Adam, your husband. Oh, he didn't teach me this. I found this on my own. Wow. Actually, I found it from Sahara Rose, who was my current fixation last week. Maybe I don't we, remember, but um, she talked about it on the Skinny Confidential, and then I bought my tongue scraper from Shopgood, and I have been hooked ever since. Wow. Another device. I mean, it's like it's ten dollars. It lasts yeah, you yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. It's cheap. It's it's basically free. Are you washing that thing? Oh After yeah, you gotta use, wash it because yeah, it, it, the residue can build up. It's not cute. Ooh, yeah. Yummy. So, anyways, yeah. before we get into the solo episode, um, if you are liking what we're putting down, we would really appreciate it, sisters, if you would text this episode to a friend who might be in need of some self love because that's what we're about to talk about. Let's do it. Okay, so before we have some tips on how we practice self-love, how we learn to love ourselves, um, but before we do that, I wanted to get into a little bit about our relationship personally with self-love and where we're at with loving ourselves because I believe it is a continuous practice. It is also something that is high, it's a high buzzword. It's self-love, 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 but what does it actually mean? And then once you get there, how do you actually express it? So what mm-hmm. got me really interested in self-love was that Earlier this year, pre-COVID, all the good stuff, I was really thriving. I'm I'm thriving right now, but my business was really starting to take off, and I was really at a point where I was recognizing, wow, the things that I've been wanting to do my whole life, I'm actually at the point where I'm doing them. I'm stable mentally. I'm pursuing my dreams, and I just had a really deep inner confidence, and I just loved myself. Like I would see these other women on social media, and I realized that if given the chance to trade lives with any of them, I wouldn't. And I think that was a really, really big sentiment to say wholeheartedly, like you could ask me, I mean, like, unless it's a mall Clooney, no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, do you want to trade lives with this woman? The answer would be no, because I loved my life so much. 
And I remember being in a mastermind, my business mastermind that I was in last year. And um, our facilitator, uh, Amy Natalie, who's my coach actually, asked us to do some journal prompts. And one of the journal prompts was, what would you share online if you weren't afraid? And we, the group did it over Zoom together. And I remember being in the office at the time and my employee was downstairs and I didn't even want to say it out loud. Like I didn't want anyone to hear me. And so I said, hey guys, I'm going to type it in the chat in Zoom because my employee's downstairs and I'm actually afraid for her to even hear this. And I wrote, I would share that I love myself so fucking much that I don't want to be anybody else in this time. And that scared me to share that because I believe that we are taught as a society to love ourselves. But then once we do really love ourselves, we're taught to not shine so bright and yeah, to not it's spread like, it. It's like voyeuristic or it's se- seemed as uh, deemed as self-involved yeah. or yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was shared, afraid to share. And so I think that I'm really happy to have this conversation with you because there are tangible things I've been doing. I know that you have... Um, a different relationship potentially to self-love, you know, I think, and I'm interested to hear kind of where you're, I mean, where I'm at right now is different, but where are you at right now with that? Yeah. So I would say my relationship to self-love has historically been tumultuous to say the least. Um, and I think a lot of people identify with that and struggle with this concept. So I'm really glad that we're shedding light on it and in not in a superficial way. I think this is going to be more of a conversation of like, what does self-love actually mean? Because, you know, as I reflect on it, there are a lot of things that I do love about myself. And I think most people can identify those, those things. And, you know, they can be kind of maybe personality traits or um, your favorite things or like what you like to do, but that's not really what self-love is. It's more of what, what we were mentioning in the beginning of the podcast, this acceptance of all parts of yourself. I think it's so easy, of course, to love the parts that you like about yourself. I mean, I say, you know, I do a gratitude practice. Everyone knows we're gratitude whores over here at OKSIS. And I, what probably the one thing I write the most is that I'm so proud of myself for working out every day and for having that motivation. So yeah, it's very easy to like things or love the parts that are good about yourself Mm -hmm. and that are, that are deemed positive. What I do struggle with more, and it's very apparent on this podcast is I struggle with comparison with you know, comparing my now to other other people's futures mm-hmm. and where they are and being like, okay, that distance between those two states is debilitating and not achievable. And therefore I break down and don't even progress forward. That's changed a little bit this past year, thankfully. But I do- I think f- a lot of that has to do with OKSIS. Yes. So a lot of that- um, a lot of that has been broken down and honestly, I'm very, I'm very, very aware of it. Whereas before I think it was subconscious. And then while I scrolled through Instagram, it wasn't like as forthright. And now it's like, oh, I'm aware when I, when I become really jealous or I, I, I compare myself and, and things like that. And kind of, I'm able to take myself out of it and be like, oh no, like we're sending that woman love. That's great. I'm on a different path and I'm not even at that stage in my life yet. So why would I ever compare it, uh, to that? Um, another part that I struggle with is judgment, inner judgment. I think a lot of people, um, struggle with this, the negative self-talk and those thoughts that it's really hard for me to like now, again, I'm really great at recognizing them, but I don't, 
um, there is still a lot of shame, a lot of judgment that occurs around those thoughts. Like this is the, this is the thought pattern. Negative thought, A, inserts, it, it enters into my head. Then I say, oh, shit, I don't want to think about that. Like, let's push it out. Oh, shit, Maddie, like, don't don't uh, label it as negative. Oh, now you're judging yourself for having this negative thought. Oh, now you're judging yourself for judging yourself for having this negative thought. And it's a spiral, and it's spiral as well, and it, like, doesn't stop. So I think I think a lot of people can relate to this. I've heard many people um, experience negative self-talk. I think it's obviously very normal, and I think everyone goes through it. But what I've learned is that you need to just recognize it as un, um, unproductive. And like, for instance, there and again, this kind of goes in waves. Like sometimes I'll have these thought spirals that just are de- completely debilitating. I can't even get work done. I can't even I can't even move forward in my day. Um, and other times they come and I'm like, OK, out. And then it's that's a really great mental mentally strong day but for instance I was laying in bed and you know having those I I mean a big part of this is like I can't go to bed without some sort of stimulation because I can't be alone with my thoughts which is you really need to detox from that habit because I think that it's not propelling you towards actually dealing with what that stillness brings about and you're just prolonging your suffering and your healing yeah of course and well that's the thing so I was in bed having one of these spirals and the thoughts are essentially like you're not smart. Why would you fucking have a podcast and talk about things when you like aren't articulate and you're stupid? Like these are the types of thoughts that I say to myself. And it's like, why would anyone want to care what you think? Like what gives you, you know, what gives you um, the courage to do that? Whatever, all these things. And like, you're not successful, whatever. All, and then I was like, okay, let's just like think about these thoughts. Like, what do they serve me? Like, are they motivating so that I can be, you know, I don't know, do more in life or like, are they motivating me to succeed to, to, I don't know. Like what, what was I, I was what, gonna, well, I was trying to find like the positive in these thoughts or like, what is something that they are doing, serving me? And I couldn't think of one thing. I was like, they're not even motivating me to do better. Do better. Because they're say, so it's, debilitating. It's the same thing as when you get off kilter. It's just spreading energy on things that don't propel you forward or, or move you or push you further. I just, I, my motto, I think, and I think potentially this is where one of the blessings comes from living with a mental illness, is that I've suffered enough. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need, I've suffered enough from an outside source of a disease. The last thing I need is to be at war with myself. Like, it is just the most pointless relationship you yeah. can have. And why and in what universe does that even make sense to sit there and attack yourself? Just just whip yourself mentally over and over and over again. There's no there's literally no purpose for it. I know. And maybe I thought for a long time that the purpose was um, that it would be motivation and that it would be um, it's self-flagellation. Yeah, It's like complete self. Uh, harm harm, yeah yeah. so it was really freeing in that moment though because I was like okay literally what is this helping like what what it what is it telling me and then it I I literally couldn't think of one thing so I was like so what the fuck am I I'll tell you what it's telling you it's literally telling you that you don't show yourself enough love so you need to walk down the path of showing yourself more love yeah exactly you lean you you immediately choose fear you neglect the love in your life 
and you just walk down this you're 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 self-sabotaging your life exactly you really want to get to the end of your life and know that it wasn't your circumstances that hit you down it wasn't outside forces it was yourself it was yourself that (laughs) is like such a shitty realization yeah no can't do that anymore so I think it was a really freeing moment because I was I really understood that it gives no purpose and these types of uh thoughts and and spirals that happen are just and look it's fucking hard. I still to this day can't, I don't have a lot of mental strength to get out of them very easily. It's very difficult. And I guess what this podcast in this episode is going to be about is the tools that we have used in order to get out of those um, moments and really understand ourselves and uh, express self-love and self-celebration and it's about being really brutally honest with yourself, I think, also. Yeah, so let's start. We each wrote things that work for us. And I also want to say that just because I said that that has no purpose doesn't mean that those thoughts don't visit me as well. It's just that they really don't take up a lot of rent in my head. Over time, I've been able to kind of uh, pick and choose that those just don't work for me anymore. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I said for someone, this is really for someone who's suffering to find anything they love about themselves, because I think that sometimes we are not, we don't easily jump to, to feel the things that we do love about ourselves. Like you said, it's easy to list the positives, but some people even have hard with that step. So mm-hmm. the first step I said was to find one thing you love about yourself. And that, and we immediately go to the physical. Um, I think like I like my hair or I like that I'm kinder, but it, it, it can be physical or emotional or mental. It can be anything. So even if it's, I love my fucking fingers, you know, like some people like their fingers. I don't know. It can be anything that small, but really pick one thing that you truly love that you're not trying to love that feels really authentic and true and sit in that feeling and have your brain experience what it feels like to bask in loving an aspect of yourself because once you can go through that experience your brain now knows oh that's what it feels like to love yourself maybe it's not your whole self as we said it's a finger it's your eyebrow it's your nose whatever it is but it's like you're capable you're capable of feeling that love towards yourself um maybe it's the fact that you you know give 10 percent of your profits away to a company maybe it's the fact that you call your sister every week to check in on her it can be whatever it can be something so small or something big but really have a moment to sit with yourself find that one thing that you can really really feel truthfully in your heart and give your brain an example that as an example um as to what it feels like to actually love an aspect of yourself because I think that's step one in then integrating it into the areas that maybe aren't so nice yeah I completely agree and I think that kind of ties into one of the things that has helped me is gratitude Gratitude. That's also on my list. Duh. Duh. I mean, like, is it the most obvious thing we could have said? But specifically, um, I have mentioned this book on the pod before. It is the Five Minute Journal by Intelligent Change. And I, what I like about it is, one, it's extremely accessible and digestible because it's five minutes a day you have to devote to yourself. And basically, you every day you write three things that you're grateful for. And then three things of what would make today great. And then two daily affirmations. Um, You know, Scout, you're a big affirmation stan, I feel like. And I didn't really understand it. Um, But since having this book, I've really understand. I've I've really um, 
learned more about the power of affirmations and manifestation and kind of just like not necessarily tricking your mind into believing these things, but it's you're rewiring, you're rewiring and you're kind of like this repetition of, of this state that you wish to be in, but you say it in the present day. And then it's really powerful actually, because it helps you, um, take the necessary steps to get well, there. It's so interesting that people don't believe in affirmations when if you say something negative, like I'm lazy, you believe that wholeheartedly and then your entire mood energy being actions relate to that affirmation. Right. Why wouldn't that same effect happen for with something the negative positive? Right, right. Exactly. So what I'm saying is like the, those negative thoughts that I have, those are all affirmations yeah, that I'm exactly. literally like rewiring my brain to think that they are true. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't I, yeah, why wouldn't I say positive ones to, to rewire my brain? So, um, you know, the examples that I gave earlier of that, of the spiral that I go through, a big insecurity of mine is that I don't sound smart. I don't, I don't know where, actually, I don't know where this comes from, but it is like a really, really deep insecurity of mine that I am not intelligent or that I don't come off as like the smartest person in the room and like eloquent and articulate. So that's something I'm working on, but affirmations that have helped me is to say, I am sincere in my words and I see their impact. My message is so important and people want to receive it. Those are like, when I read those two affirmations, it's like speaking to my soul. That's exactly the things I struggle with. So by saying them in the present moment, I feel them to be true. And um, it helps to kind of lessen the blow of that uh, insecurity that I have. That's the exact same way I felt when I heard um, the affirmation. I I think I made it up. I am safe in my emotions. It was mind-blowing for me. It felt so good to give myself evidence that I could feel a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just evidence. It's That's evidence. All it yeah. is. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I kind of, I can't really speak articulately or intellectually or intelligently on it, but, um, <laughs> great. I we love have, it. I have been dabbling a little bit into neuroplasticity, uh, which is basically science. science, which is basically this. I don't, I think it's a new, uh, a new way of thinking about the brain, but, um, you know, people thought that the brain stopped forming at the age of 18 or whatever it was. But um, in fact, there's evidence that you can completely rewire your brain at any point in your life. Mm-hmm. So um, if you've been living with depression until the age of 30, you could actually give your brain evidence that it can think otherwise and it strengthens the neurons and it moves. And then you can rewire the way your brain works, which is very, uh, which is evidently seen in what I've been able to do yeah. with my mental health. I've been able to rewire the chemicals in my brain it's to really f- exhibit a different reality for it's myself. It's liberating to know that you can mm-hmm. do something like that and that that's the positive. Okay, the, wait, the, the last things about this book that I really love is at the end of the day, because usually people journal in the morning and it's kind of like a way to center yourself and ground yourself, but I really lack a night routine. Um, so this has kind of been a nice way to bookend my day and you write three amazing things that happened today so again it could be so little like I can read what I wrote it's like uh I got a cold brew today fucking gr- amazing yeah amazing thing that happened yeah you know is. so and then you say how could I made today even better so it's just kind of um making sure you're always you know improving but still reflecting on those those amazing things because amazing things happen every single day and even if you had a shitty day you can identify those three things and you might have forgotten them because you had a shitty day but this like forces you to really um write down and actualize those things yeah I love that 
So my second one is carve out a space for yourself every day, even if it's five or 10 minutes where you can connect with yourself. And so I do this constantly. I do this actually a lot um, lately. So I don't even look at my, I think if you're going to choose a time to carve out, number one rule is the phone has to be away. Mm. Not just next to you, like in another room, completely gone. Um, And so I actually don't, look at my phone until 8.30 or 9 every single morning. Um, Of course, I go on it to put on my, you know, my meditation or whatever, but I don't check my notifications. So I don't click the Instagram app. I don't click my messages and I don't click my email. And at night, I do the same thing at around 8, 8.30. I plug my phone in, put my alarm on and chill for about an hour and a half to two hours without my phone. But uh, that's obviously takes a really long time, I believe, to work up to something like that. But um, if you haven't done this, carve out a space, five minutes, 10 minutes a day where it's just you. It's no stimulus. It's no podcast. It's no TV show. It's nothing. I mean, unless it's a meditation app, um, it's nothing. You can, you can use that time to journal. You can walk around the block, leave your phone at home and just feel what it feels like to just be with you. I think that I am developing personally a very different relationship to my phone where I don't like it. I don't think it serves me. I don't I don't need it in my life all the time and I really want it out of my center and I find that when it's gone, I'm able to listen to something within and connect deeply within. Um, another great way to connect with yourself is to walk outside with no shoes and to ground yourself into grass um, on the earth. It just kind of pulls you straight into nature. They say that gives you some magnetic energetic um, frequency um, as well, but just the act of kind of being one with nature, taking off your shoes and having no barrier between you and the earth is a really good way to send to yourself. Taking a bath, taking a long shower. There's so many ways to do this, but I think that once you start doing that, in the beginning, maybe it feels uncomfortable, but then once you push through that and you'll, you'll, you'll end up looking forward to that time and understanding that your truth is actually in those moments where you are completely unplugged from everything, from outside energy, from outside source, and you're just here. You're just here, and you'll find that that's the best home a- home base and anchor you can possibly have. Yeah. Um, I also wrote spending time with myself. Um, a big one, as I had mentioned, is working out, exercising. Yes, I'm watching like a workout video, but I put my phone in the other room. I mean, why would you need, you know, you're not going to be on your phone during that hour. And it is really, again, this cathartic experience for me. And it feels very in tune with my body, with myself. It's like literally just me and hard work. And that is something that has, um, I'm a huge advocate for, I know people struggle with trying to get, you know, trying to feel motivated to work out. And honestly, the only way to get to kind of like the, the space I'm in is you have to, to do it constantly and or actually something that's been working for me because you know that I'm not a big worker outer but um something that has gotten me to do my Melissa Wood health Mm -hmm. is thinking oh I get 20 30 minutes alone yeah that's that idea so it's not even oh I have to work out it's like oh I get uninterrupted time to just focus on this it's so true because now that I think about it when I when I go to work out I'm like so excited to work out because I'm not distracted or have have all these like triggers around Mm me where it's weird because when I go to shower or when I brush my teeth or wash my face like I cannot be alone with my thoughts because the thoughts come so it's interesting like you're still not really 
like when you work out, you're still thinking about something and focusing on something, whereas you're still not completely free. Well, you're connecting more to your body than your yeah. mind. Yeah. And so when I, and that's something I struggle with is like. Which is important. Yeah. When I, when I go to shower or do my, do like just tasks around the house, I need to be listening to a podcast. It's just like a constant, okay. it's a constant stream We're of content. We're doing a challenge for you. I know, I know. One day, just one day or half a day. Let's start with half a day. Don't put on a piece of content until noon. Just don't do it. I, you will find once you p- get through it, there are weeks where I'm like, I don't even want anyone in my ear. Like yeah. I just want to be with myself. Oh, wow. That's and a self-love. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've conquered self-love when you can go shower without a podcast. Oh my God. We need, we need steps for you, we dude. Need a, we need a lower bar. <laughs> I go like days without content. Oh, oh no. Okay. Um, my next one is, don't compare yourself on social media. And so the best way to do this, which we've talked about on the podcast before, is if you're scrolling and you see a girl or a boy or a company, whatever it is, and you feel a ping of jealousy and you get into that cycle of why don't I have that, which is supernatural. It can happen to any of us. Um, a lot of the times for me, sometimes it'll happen with Sivan Ayla, actually. I'll look at her and say, well, she's really, you know about my age and she has her second child on the way and she's bought in two houses and all of these things. And so instead, when I ever, when I feel that ping coming up, that ping coming up, I take a moment and I either say a prayer. I say, please God bless her with even more abundance, health, prosperity, and happiness. And, um, please protect her and all these things. Or I just send love. I'm saying, wow, you're doing so amazing. And I become her biggest cheerleader. Um, and then I say, what aspects of her life can I strive for? Can I make an inspirational goal? So it's just reframing, you know, the relationship you have to that image. And if something is so triggering, like for some reason, there was this girl, I forget what her name is. Like I have okay body acceptance, which I've actually never talked about on the podcast. I actually really actually do struggle a lot with my physical body. Um, like a lot That's of surprising. I feel like you come off as very loving towards your body. Yeah. I love my body deeply. And then, but there are intense moments where I have a lot of body dysmorphia and my friend could tell you this because for some reason it always, she's, she looks at me and she's like, I don't, I, we're looking at two different photos. Like that's we just how, that's are. That's how I am with Ben. I literally look in the mirror. I'm like, I think I'm the fattest person in the world. He's like, I don't under, like, what are you looking at? Yeah. Like it's I, dysmorphia. A no, lot. Of, I, most women yeah, struggle yeah, with yeah. this. Mine's mild. It's nothing to be whatever about, but there was this one girl. I can usually follow girls who post bikini photos of their bodies and whatever and celebrate them. But there was just this one girl who every time I looked at her body, I just hated mine. And mm. so I unfollowed. Like it just, yeah. you know, sometimes we can't send love sometimes it's too triggering and so you have to unfollow but I would I would challenge you to start praying for somebody else or sending love and then reframing it as how can I use this to inspire my life yeah I think I was just gonna say that the aspirational aspect I mean with Sivan I also I mean I'm obsessed with her life and her lifestyle that's why we all follow her but something that I've and I don't really compare myself to her because I don't think I'm in like the same uh, phase of my life than her but my when I moved into my new apartment her house was my like mood board mm. and inspo board and literally my friend came in she's like this is Yvonne's house I'm like what 
Like, I was like, wait, oh, what? That was, that was totally accidental. And, uh, what? Like, and that's the thing. It's like, you can be inspired and then one day get to a point where you have an opportunity to, like, plug in those little inspirations. And, like, I mean, this is kind of a superficial uh, also um, uh, example, but for our photo shoot yesterday, like, I put together a mood board of all J.C. Marie because it's J.C. Marie. She's super yeah. cute. And we, like, want to look cute looker and so the mood board was that i mean we haven't seen the photos so we don't know, <laughs> we don't know, if, we we don't know if we pulled it off but you know when those moments appear and i'm like oh because like i'm not really like an influencer or a content creator but when we have a photo shoot i'm like okay great this is the opportunity for me to tap into that inspiration that she gives me lol says the girl who has a podcast i'm not a content creator no i said in, i said influencer you said influencer or a content creator no i said it Oh. You said con- we are content creators. We're content creators, guys. We're I'm having- big. I'm big on TikTok. Don't well, you know? We're having trouble I, re- realizing that that's know, our I role know. in life. I know. I know. Okay. I know. Wait, but I was gonna say one other thing. I think something. Um. So the comparison thing, uh, really, really hard. The big one for me has been. Com- I don't. I more so compare myself, um, to female entrepreneurs. I mm-hmm. think that is a huge one. I think er- in my early twenties. I probably um, delayed a lot of my dreams and a lot of my accomplishments because I was so debilitated by comparing myself to women, young female entrepreneurs. And you know that's the exact opposite effect they want to have on you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. These women are... If they knew that, they'd be so sad. They'd be so sad. I know. And it's very interesting. I mean, and I also... It was kind of this similar thing where... I used to read a lot of business books and self-help books in my early 20s and it and and listen to tons of podcasts with female entrepreneurs and like how to achieve your dreams and all these inspiring messages and it did the opposite effect on me. Mm-hmm. I felt so far away from getting those that it actually halted me from starting anything. See, that's why different content affects people differently. 100%. Yeah, like Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Love you, Sheryl, but I cried for months after reading that book. I was like, what? what? I'm not anywhere where this is. Like, what? Yeah. It felt very unrelatable. And so it's, you know, it's tricky. Yeah. Okay. okay is it my turn? Yeah, let's do oh. one more. Okay. This one is one I'm really good at. Look at you celebrating yourself. Oh, are you being sarcastic? I'm trying to, no, I'm trying to like get on the video a little zoom in on my face. Oh, okay. So this is really <laughs> translating well to the podcast. <laughs> okay. This one I am a huge proponent of. I think everyone should do this. This is, I've always said this, that this is the ultimate form of self-love and expression, taking selfies. I think taking selfies, and I know this sounds weird, but, and I never said it because I thought I was, something was wrong with me, but oh like. God, I love taking selfies. It is when you like, either get dressed up for a night or like you're just feeling yourself and you take a selfie. You're not posting anywhere. It doesn't matter where it goes, but you post, you take a selfie. You're like, fuck, I look so good. That is self-love. I'm sorry. Like that is the, the most tangible way that I experience self-love. Then keep going. I know. It's, uh, you don't want to see the camera roll. There's oh, a lot. Yeah. My there is a lot. Okay. Can I uh, end on one? Oh, sure. Cause this one's really good. Um, I think that also when you're trying to, f- practice self-love or loving yourself there also comes to a point where you have to connect with yourself and figure out 
who the fuck you are. Mm -hmm. So I think a really great way to do that by omitting outside noises, influences, whether it's from your parents, your friends, society, social media, is to hone in on a decision that you want to make just because you want to and it feels good in your intuition and your gut, regardless of the fact that, you know, maybe your parents might not like it or your friends might not like it, et cetera. It could be something so small, like moving into an apartment. It's kind of big, but, um, you know, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be life-changing or life-altering. It could be to post a video on Instagram that people might think is weird, you know, whatever it might be because it feels really, really good to you do that, make that decision to do it and feel what it feels like to act solely based on your gut intuition and not based on what anyone else thinks. Don't ask someone for their opinion. Don't ask someone for their approval. Just go forth and act as an individual, just you and feel how that really feels inside. Because I think that once you do feel that you'll be addicted to feeling that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Intuitive action and really it's kind of the the part of untamed where Glennon Doyle says she just like, what does she call it? Like the deepening or when she goes inside herself and like the, when she can Mm. just should be like, just feel the gut and no external stimulus. Like what is my gut telling me in this moment? I'm going into that dark, kind of the dark place. What does she call it? Whatever. But that, that's exactly what it is where it's just like, if you can't get to a decision, you retreat inside yourself feel exactly what it feels like that your gut is telling you and then act also according a really great way because some people might listen to that and say well how do I know what my gut is telling me shaman Durek has a way to do that go into your your body and if you're deciding between two things let's just get really let's get really basic right should I move into apartment a or apartment b you close your eyes and you feel or should I move into apartment A? Let's just say that you go into your body and say, what does it feel like to say yes to that? What does it feel like to say no to that? And then you can feel the difference and know which choice you have to make. And which one is right. Yeah, that's a really good way. Wow. 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 Are we closer to self-love? I think that we're closer to our highest selves. I think yes. we're closer to our intuition. I mm-hmm. think we are closer to each other as yes. sisters. Mm-hmm. You love me? Oh, yeah. Oh, cute. It's not self-love. It's sister love. It's sister love. Anyways, sisters, thank you for listening. Um, We heard you that you wanted more solo episodes, so we are delivering. We are going to be doing every other week solo episodes, which we're really excited about. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that. And uh, catch us on Instagram at OKSIS Podcast. Catch us on Instagram. Oh, boy. On the gram. Okay. See you on the flip side. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together